0: You are listening to the official Grave Forsaken podcast, and I'm your host, Vaughn Gregory, lead singer and guitarist for Grave Forsaken. Thanks for tuning in, we hope you enjoy the show. G'day everybody, Vaughn from Grave Forsaken here, bringing you the latest episode of the podcast, and tonight we uh, actually have a special guest. We've got my good friend Scott Devonish here. How are you going, Scott?
1: Good, thanks Vaughn. How are you?
0: Yeah, going really, really well. Um, so Scott's come in tonight because, um, he was, he was involved in the early days of the band. He used to, um, come along to some shows and was actually involved in playing some music on some, or Destined for Ascension actually, one of our early albums. And so Scott sort of goes way back with the, to the very early days of the band. And, uh, we just thought it'd be interesting to, you know, hear his take on those early times in the band and, just sort of see where the conversation takes us because um, Scott and I, you know, every now and then we'll get together and have a chat. Yeah. And we just we were talking about the podcast over text. I think it might have even been Facebook Messenger or something a few weeks ago. And I said, why, why don't you come along? And we'll talk about old times.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, two hours uh, later after a lot of Star Wars and everything else we haven't caught up on in the last year or so, here we
0: are. Finally hit record. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the actual um, talking about the old days, I it would be remiss of me not to mention the current days of the band. And for those of you who um, you know, follow our Facebook page and are on our mailing list and check out the official site and see the video updates, you might be subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, you will be aware by now that our new album is finally available for pre-order I've been talking about this a bit lately so the the new album we have just announced this week is called The Footsteps of God and we're releasing it through Soundmass and you can pre-order your copy from www.soundmass.com and there's also a full length preview of one of the tracks Warriors of the Cross Um, that's on the Soundmass website on the pre-order page and it's also on the um, uh, it's also been put up on YouTube as well so you, you just have to type in Warriors of the Cross and and you'll get that um, we've just got our dog in the back room who's just going a bit crazy not really handling having this so I'm just seeing what she's doing just kind of running around so yeah we've got the album coming out and yeah really exciting to be at the pre-order stage and please go over and check that out if you're interested in hearing that. Um, had a bit of good feedback, had a few comments come back to me today about Worries of the Cross. Uh, so thanks to those people who gave feedback on it. It's it's really good to hear uh, that people are liking the song and it's always a bit funny when you know, you've know you been working on an album for a couple of years, I know the song so well. Uh, there's a, it's always a bit tentative when you put them out um, because... You hope that people will like them, but you just don't know. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a point where and we've been talking about this with Scott. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get to a point where uh, I'm happy with what we do for what we do, sort of regardless of what the reaction is. And because I think it's easy to get get tied up in you know how many people like it and you know what what people think and you can judge the whole success or failure of something based on that, which we were talking about a bit, mm. weren't we, Scott? Uh, so, yeah, as, as good as the feedback is, I'm also trying to uh, be at a place where I'm happy just making music with the band and having new music coming out, so you're free to think what you want of it. <laughs> really. and and um, But it is, it is nice to get positive feedback, so... There's been no negative feedback yet, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening, so keep an eye out. There'll be more updates uh, coming up over time. I've got a few plans with regards to how we're going to roll out the album, and I'm planning on actually Scott doing some podcasts where I talk about each song.
1: Oh, cool, yeah.
0: So, you know, it'll be a podcast that's dedicated to, say, that song worries us across.
1: Yeah, yeah, just, yeah,
0: just the process behind writing it, what happened, yeah, how we recorded so. it. And I think, I think there's plenty of topic to talk about there. So what we'll do, seeing as Scott's come in here, we'll definitely talk to Scott about uh, the early times with the band. So I suppose, Scott, um, maybe you could just tell us what you remember about your <laughs> early, your well, first memories of yeah, hopefully remember hanging out with the band.
1: Accurately, yeah. So we need
0: <laughs> names, dates, times, places. <laughs> Can
1: oh, it may or may be used against you at a later mm. time and date. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, God, I, I would have been, ugh, I think, uh, probably about sixteen. First time we met, um, I was attending attending a church in Gosnells at the time, and uh, Grove Forsaken uh, played a gig there, and um, that was pretty much my. First taste of the band live, and I, uh, I when I, was, I started school the next next year, and um, I think it was on like the student council or something like that. So I, uh, I went in like a few days earlier, something like that, and our um, head of house introduced me to my new homeroom teacher, and uh, it's this, this guy with uh, long long hair and, and and glasses, and he goes. First words. Hi, I'm Vol. I'm Mr. Gregory. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and um, would have been me. Sure. Oh, hey, aren't you the singer for Grandforsake? <laughs> which which started off my um yeah my final year of high school, most of which was homeroom spent chatting music with you, Vaughn, which was yeah. great.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that I, I do recall that meeting. Is that is that the dog? That's the dog. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing.
1: I'm getting involved. Oh, I
0: think she's got like a a, a squeaky chew toy. Yeah. I'm just going to take it off her.
1: Um, carry on that point, Scott. Okay, but the the uh, the point of uh,
0: that first meeting. That
1: first meeting. Um, yeah. So, so my recollection is that uh, most mornings uh, we would we would have to you know go to our, our homeroom house group thing before we went off to other classes, and it would inevitably end up that I just come and sit at the desk next to your. Desk like a teacher's pet or something, but we <laughs> just end up talking like classic rock and heavy metal and and stuff, and then occasionally we'd lose track of the time. But um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and sort of the as I remember it, sort of the involvement continued. I know you you ended up helping me out with a with a gig around that time, playing some covers, and That's right. um, yeah, I and then we that well. uh, yeah, I, you know, it was a few performances I came along to. I, I think I end up playing keys. In one of the songs at some point, and then there was a recording later. And hey, it was what are we like thirteen years later, and we're still friends. So that's something to be said for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember um, I remember the gig that you're talking about uh, playing at at Gosnells. That was um, that was pretty early on in the band. Uh, I, I couldn't say the exact year, but I, I was, I'd assume it. I have a feeling it was 2006 because uh, I can specifically I remember it. think you're right, it. yeah. In fact, now that I remember it, it was, um, we were heading off to to the eastern states mm. a week or two later, and, and we were sort of treating that as a bit of a warm-up gig.
1: Right, I can right. recall,
0: because I remember we played, we actually played the entire Beside the River Blood was, album. Because
1: you'd just released that recently, hadn't you? It was, was coming was, out coming soon. Out. Okay, right.
0: And and we we were going over to Black Stump. Hmm festival where it was getting released on Row Productions and um, I'm just going to get that squeaky ball (laughs) off the dog again
1: the moment you get any kind of traction the ball's back (laughs) the The dog just wants to be involved in the podcast
0: yeah this is crazy We might just have to put up with that squeaking, because now she
1: thinks... get a feature playing lead squeaker on this album?
0: It's a game of chasey. But yeah, I I do specifically remember that gig that we played uh, the track listing of Beside the River of Blood Mm. in order. And I do do recall meeting you there, but it feels like it was a different context. Yeah. And so what had happened was I was doing teacher training that year as well.
1: I I wondered. Yeah. I thought it might have been... I thought... That my high school might have been your first uh, teaching gig.
0: Yeah, but, I'm yeah. surprised that we haven't talked about that.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So basically, I was the first student you met Yeah, in probably your teaching life. And then yeah. I just threw you off. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, aren't you sitting in the heavy metal band?
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I, I remember that as well. But what <laughs> surprises me just talking about it now is... I can't believe that that's never come up because I wouldn't have ever been... That's not something I'd ever try to... Um, I wouldn't care about people knowing that yeah do you know what I mean like I wouldn't think
1: no no you definitely didn't bring it up in conversation but yeah I, I had I had if I didn't have the uh, the first album I at least had the EP at that point so I knew I knew your name and you looked familiar and then when you you sort of did the mess stuff even if you'd said Mr Gregory I would have just gone oh yeah like, there can only be so many Vaughan Gregorys in yeah. you know, this uh, region of the world. You're yeah. probably that one. Probably that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was doing my one-year teaching training that year. So, uh, in 2006, when that gig at mm-hmm. Gosnell's Church would have been. And, yeah, the school that you were at, was that was the first school that I taught at. Um, so, you'd be right. That would have been... That would have been the first student that I met. Would have been you, and I. Um, I think I already knew that. As in, I think, <laughs> I think in my like, you're surprised to hear that. But yeah, I think I in my it's recollection. It's probably
1: gone through the processing at some point.
0: Yeah, that's all. Yeah, already part of how you know my recollection of that time. Yeah. But so being in my first year of teaching, I was in 2006. I was. Um, I was twenty eight because I'd actually worked as a analytical chemist before that, mm. which is what I'm actually doing now i'm I'm actually now you know this, yeah, don't, I'm yeah, now yeah. working where I work now yeah. is the place I worked before and,
1: and, and it's 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 crazy like, even even if we weren't friends, we'd keep bumping into each other because even when I was at uni, there was a year that crossed over that you were working <laughs> working there. And that's I was right. attending, and we bumped into each other in the hallway while I was on my way to see my girlfriend.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> what happened was, um, yeah, I worked, I, I taught from 2007 to 2010, hmm. and then actually went back and worked at the uni for a year. Yeah,
1: and 11 was, yeah, it was arms, yeah, it was 2011.
0: It was 2011. I do, I do remember bumping into you quite regularly there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard not to because. You yeah. you go to the cafeteria or whatever, you'd, if you knew people, you would see them. I mean, I mean, it wasn't a huge uni. It's not a, it's not a massive uni where mm. I work. And so, yeah, I'm back there now, but, you, mm. yeah, you know that. So, yeah. and I've always, so I've done, actually, three stints at that uni, um, two of them in the same department, and um, but one of them in a slightly different area. So, but, yeah, I've actually had three different jobs there, but two of them at the same place. So, yeah yeah after I finished up teaching in twenty fifteen it was um i went actually yeah went back and was able to to get a job at my original university workplace mm. so to this day i'm I'm at the lab where I was working well actually no in two thousand six I wasn't working there because I was purely studying, yeah, but I think I was still doing some casual work so the point is, around that, I'm still, I'm, I'm currently yeah. doing the job that I was doing then.
1: So there was, there was a bit of a, a joke for a while. Um, it, it even happened a little bit tonight, where if I haven't seen you in a while, I'll ask you if you're teaching or, or yeah. you're doing science at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I have, I have <laughs> done that transition, but I think, I think I'm in for the, currently in for the long haul with the, with the lab work at mm. the moment. Um, that's going pretty well, so I'm enjoying that. So. Yeah, you, I, um... I definitely remember... So, because I'd met you at that gig prior... Mm. Um, I think you must have maybe come along to a few of the, um... Kwinana shows?
1: I don't... No, um... There are a couple in Froyo I went to. Um, there's... I remember there's there's a church on, um... I was on leach highway uh, getting getting towards Prairi I'm, I'm terrible I, I I'm, yeah I know locations I just don't know their names yeah um, well, so there's... I went went to uh, a gig there um, Wow it would have been I couldn't tell you yeah. Sorry. Um, that
0: one's not ringing a bell to me yeah. but there, there was a few because in those days um, like we did used to Get asked to play at, like youth groups and things like that. Yeah, I know. I
1: yeah went to a couple of them. Um, Mm. and I don't think I ever went to one, but I uh, had some mates who were in a band, and I believe you guys did some gigs together in the was it Market City or around about there? Yeah, Vale
0: yeah, we were doing gigs out at Canning Vale, yeah, Yeah. and quite regularly actually. So it's it's very possible. Hmm. There was a lot. There was quite a bit at the time. Um. I guess because potentially like a relatively small scene, yeah, you did actually quite often bump into you know people who you knew or who knew people, mm. and and also particularly in that um, playing at like churches and youth groups as well. There was a there was a bit of that sort of crossover as well. And um, the reason I mentioned the Anglican the Anglican Church was um, we played quite a few gigs at, at the Kunana Anglican Church, mm. and for some reason in my memory. I've got you as going to one of them, but I'm probably remembering a different gig. That it's you were probably running. a different gig. Just so, yeah. Because I,
1: um, <laughs> yeah I, I think I was living in Huntingdale, so I don't know that I would have made it down to Quinana in yeah. Year Twelve. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, like, so you were doing Year Twelve. I was your home room teacher at, at school, and and naturally because you you'd seen the band, like we we did spend a lot of time talking about the band, and I remember. The year you were in year twelve was the year that we were recording "Destined for Ascension." Yeah, that's right. So I would have been, you know, inevitably like bringing in like songs on USB and probably yeah, yes, would have been yes, playing.
1: I Absolutely, yeah. I would have
0: been playing your tracks, like you know, at the at the front. Of I, the room I remember
1: telling you telling me actually the um sort of your concept behind uh the road road to Damascus. Oh, okay, because yeah. um. Because I was like a big progressive rock fan even yep. then, and you you you'd sort of tapped this like, this is my prog song, like yeah. you know, I want to want to make this like the ten minute epic, yep. and um, so I think that was how you hooked me. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do remember that you'd bring in the the uh, the USB stick, and uh, we, we'd have a have a listen, and
0: because that's what I do. We're recording that um, at Fat Dog Studio yeah. with Dan. Dan, and yeah, the the way we do it is. Um, pardon me, the way we'd do it is uh, yeah, he would do a basic you know rough mix down of tracks, so I'd have all these on this u s b like you know dozens of versions of songs, you know some with vocals, some without and I think it, there were a couple of, of
1: mixes that, like, at one point or another, you'd you just say, oh, just give this a listen. Which one do you think sounds yeah. better? <laughs> yeah. What sort of balance are we looking yeah, for exactly. here? And Obviously, kind of expert thing. producer at the age of 17, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I also remember with a lot of those um, mix downs, it was more just... A lot of them were also just to check that, um, like, the vocal phrasing and all that was, was mm. good. Um, you yeah, know, so... Yeah, some, some of the mixes were, were probably, you know, pretty ordinary. Like, never, never, never intended to be final or anything like that. But
1: well, you see, you had a, had a captive audience because, you know, I, I'd never really been exposed to that. Like, hey, listen to this uh, song in production. Oh, I was, I was in heaven. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably wasn't the best critic on the planet at the time. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but what what's funny about it is um, I would have, at that point, because it was pretty early in the music career I would have been happy to have any kind of feedback as well Yeah. because I wasn't like you know I don't think I mean I'm sure there's some musicians who are but I've never been you know super confident in the music like even mm. even just today when we put out um, Warriors of the Cross um, I, I I was worried about the reaction Yeah. You know, even after all these years <laughs> I'm like oh think- what will people think and
1: I think you you, you kind of uh, said it earlier when you're talking about the new album. Like you, you sit with something for so long and and it's your baby and you work really hard on it. And then uh, any any idea is it, it can be perfect until the moment it is exposed to everyone else. Yeah. At that point, it's open to criticism and it and that's when you start worrying. Yeah. Like maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Maybe I should have tweaked this. But well, yeah. the other
0: thing I think with the music is. It's easy, you talked about, like, prog rock, for Mm. example. It's easy to listen to stuff that's been, like, is really, like, technical, really, you know, high level of musicianship, Mm. really, um, you know, really brilliantly and expensively, like, super expensively produced, and it's very easy to sort of feel as though, you know, what you're doing can't possibly match up to that, but... We've got to also, I find, I've got to get back to the point of um, reminding myself that I'm not trying to, like, do some, like, massive prog rock yeah. epic production. Yeah. Like, like a big part of what, what I like to do is sort of um, songs with, you know, hopefully a catchy chorus, like, yeah. you know, potentially quite straightforward sort of songs. And sometimes the challenge... When you're songwriting is actually to let yourself do something that might might seem simple.
1: Yeah, I no, I, I completely understand that. Not, put,
0: um, not feel like you got to push yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's, every time
1: I, I have that conflict when writing songs, and I um I go to you know use a chord progression and. And sometimes, like, oh, I don't want to use that chord progression because it's so simple, or, mm. or even um, sometimes I'll be onto something really good, but I'll lose interest because I didn't put a catchy chorus in there, and yeah,
0: yeah, so you trip yourself off. <laughs> yeah, you've got to, um, you've got to think of it in terms of what, what's your style and sound, and what what you're trying to achieve mm. through that music, and, um, you know, I suppose only judge it against. What what you wanted to achieve from it? Yeah, not not against what I mean if if you other people are doing
1: if you if you're writing if you're if your aim is to well say your style is more like a folk or something then probably not the thing to do is compare yourself to close to the edge. But yes, that's yeah. you know you're dealing with apples and oranges there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you've got to um, yeah you just got to be understanding of what what you wanted to achieve and. What you're looking for when you write, so I yeah. I do find that hard sometimes. Exactly what you said. You'll be writing a song and you'll you'll like it, and you'll think, um, you'll think, oh yeah, mate, maybe this is a bit too simple, or mm. you know. So yeah, there can be a real challenge in that. But then, it might be the simplicity of that that um, you know, piece of music you've come up with that allows you to vocalise the the sort of gang vocals that yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. Because you need something. So sometimes you might have heard, you know, in, in my case, uh, I'm, I'm often looking for a, a spot to put like a cool gang vocal in because I, mm. I love that kind of oh, thing. And, <laughs> and people would, would know that from listening to our stuff. So if I'm coming up with a riff, I'm, I'm, I'm often sort of humming like a gang in my head thing. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. that would work well for a gang vocal. Because you're
1: writing on two levels. Just yeah. Like how, how would it vocally fit in? How is it musically going to fit in? Can that sort of like drop down while that Mm, one comes up? Yeah, yeah. dynamics.
0: And you know, does this? Does this? You might have something that's like a verse riff, and you know, quite often I'll have like a verse riff and then sort of a pre-chorus, which will then lead into a chorus. Um, And yeah, like you say, they've got to have that progression so that there's sort of a build, but that they also still match and sound like they're the same song. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that happens in 5 minutes. Oh,
1: it, look, when it, when you when it happens it, it's the most wonderful feeling in the world. You walk into a room, pick up your guitar and you've got a song, of, like, wow. Yeah. And then your next song could take you, you know, 4 months to write.
0: <laughs> or you have you have songs that are you know, they're never quite there. Yeah. And what I've found sometimes I've had to do with songs that are never quite there. I've had to record them anyway because I think if you just sit on them forever mm. you've almost got to trust that there's something in there and maybe maybe one of the other guys in the band will will put something on that you sort of leave that to the other guys as well to yeah. interpret and it's think
1: wonderful thing about the like working in a band is um, is being able to bring something in and someone just put this spin on it that you mm. never would have thought of in a million years ago but once I hear it, of course, that's what how it should be. It's, yeah,
0: and that's sort of what makes it a, a band effort. Yeah,
1: it's like magic. If
0: I, I, I will have songs, and then the the guys will, you know, add their interpretation to it. And um, I like to think that I'm very open to their interpretation of the song. Like it might not be what I was hearing in my head, but mm. I like to. To let it go so that their creativity is coming in. Whereas if if you're being sort of like dogmatic about what the song needed, Mm. you might as well just play it all yourself.
1: And yeah, and and I think that's um, that's something I had to learn over time. I think particularly as a teenager, I would have been absolute pain to be in bands with, and I I have no doubt about that because I would have been dogmatic. I, I I would I I came up with this song. I like it this way. Can we just play it that way? Um, but you know, as a, a young adult being in bands, I soon discovered that you know the some of the some <laughs> of the parts yeah, uh, is is what makes the song better, and and being open to people taking it in different directions, you, because you're you're then applying a second, third, fourth brain to the process. And yeah, it's so much richer.
0: It, it is, and I think what I also like to try to think to myself is there's always another song. Yeah. So it's not as if any particular song is like the song that you're going to be, you know, necessarily judged on for the rest of your life. So, (laughs) I mean, not always. For some people it is. But that's only if they let it, you know.
1: Um, So so Robert Plant thinks about that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's true.
0: But... Using him as an example, that's that's what the external noise is. But mm. to his credit, he's never let that actually affect what he does. Yeah, true. I, you know, so yeah. he has actually managed to block out the noise and and do do something different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which now, in the case of Robert Plant, um, you know, I, I don't I don't listen to his solo material, mm. but I I do admire that he's had the conviction to, you know. Make this decision yeah. to go in a direction, and and he stuck clearly
1: with clearly one that he finds fulfilling to yeah keep doing it. And um,
0: I think that's yeah. important.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> back to the initial point of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had totally forgotten that you came in and and played those uh, those tracks. Yeah, well, t- to me, at the, I would that have time. because yeah. cause
0: we're working on the album, and of course that would have led into because you you actually appear on that yeah, album. Yeah. Um. So that that discussion, I, I, I can't remember when that discussion happened, but that must have happened during during. Well, that yeah, I can't year, I can't year remember year the exact
1: discuss. I, I remember very much. Remember the day, and I think I might have mentioned to you when we were texting about this that it ac- had occurred to me just how integral you've actually been in my journey yeah. as a musician. Well, that was um, you, that you know, as I said, you you um you helped me out with that gig in year twelve, which I remember being a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we should talk about that in a, and, a moment, and Dan. Um, yeah well so we um so we played a played a couple of uh cover songs uh for a for a musical um if I remember this correctly, it was turning Japanese by the vapors and Africa by Toto It was. at a time when I had not recognized that my vocal range does not stretch that high
0: <laughs> you know it it i i I thought you did a pretty good job actually I You I'm, did I'm
1: great just... you drummed and sang at the same time you did the Phil Collins man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sort of just um, it evolved into that, but I've still got really good memories of doing that because we were we were rehearsing at that church, yeah. which is yeah, we were. <laughs> Funnily we're, enough, and if if I recall, so the Gosnells Church where yeah. where you first saw the band, um, I think it was a separate room though. We weren't re- we weren't rehearsing in the same no. actual spot where the where the concert was.
1: No, because it was a hall across the car park where we actually played.
0: Yeah. Shows. Yeah, that was where we played. But we
1: pl- I think we rehearsed in the church itself, which what would have been where, where we played Grave played the gig. So yep. we were actually yeah, we were rehearsing right where you played. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I do I do remember that um I ended up doing some vocals on that and we didn't we call ourselves Chevron Seven? Yes, yeah. that's right.
1: Because we're all massive Stargate fans.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: What a great name.
0: It actually was a was a pretty good name for a band, actually. Yeah.
1: So that, that was a lot of fun. It uh, was. We had some. I learned some so good much fun. from you guys too. So yeah.
0: Had some good fun with that, but I. It was funny that I was playing drums in that, and it's just just to keep the coincidence going, the drums I was using are actually right here. Oh, it's the them. same.
1: It's the same. Yeah.
0: So it is. Yeah. So like where we're sitting. <laughs> the, the, the very drums we used in that Chevron 7 uh, couple of performances, they're, yeah. they're, it's a, it's a Roland um, V-drums.
1: Oh, actually, thinking about that that performance, I don't know if you remember this, but you ended up having to lend me your bass amp for that, because while we were practicing, I ended up blowing out my, my bass amp, and... Um, I've still never replaced it. It's right. it's just been... It's perpetually been on my to-do list yeah, just to for, buy 13 another, years. for 13 years to buy another <laughs> bass amp. And it just, yeah. Even my girlfriend's encouraging me going, y- you know, you-, you should really get an amp so you can play that bass again. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that next tax time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I but, I yeah. do remember that we had... Um, it was actually Matt's PV. Oh, I was Matt's PV. Okay, right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I do remember... Taking that long to those shows, yeah, yeah. So that was, um, that was, yeah, was quite, quite interesting.
1: Fun. Then we go into school on Monday. And yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> no,
0: that was, um, uh, and I was sort of still getting used to the whole kind of teaching thing as yeah. well. So, um,
1: I probably didn't help you out much in that regard. It probably was uh, not the typical dynamic.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I think, um, I think in my teaching career, I was always, always just tried to be myself, mm. you know, and. In the end, that was possibly, and this isn't really about the band at all, but in the end, that was probably part of the reason why I gave teaching up because Mm. I found, as a teacher, and this has got nothing to do with music or band, but while we're talking about it, I found that I had to be, in order to be the sort of disciplinarian you needed to be in order to get, I was a maths teacher, get kids to do maths... Mm. I couldn't be myself and at the same time encourage kids to do maths because yeah. if if I was up there being myself, that sort of seemed to, in a way, encourage the kids to um, to not do their work. Yeah. So I kind of... The, I found the really good teachers that I worked with were the ones who could actually sort of separate themselves from the job a little bit. Yeah. So they'd have their, like, persona... In it's, the staff room, but mm. then they would have this kind of aura about them with the kids. Yeah, um, it's the best way I yeah. can kind of describe I, it.
1: I did. I did teaching for about a year myself, and I can totally relate how difficult that is. And, and certainly, the colleagues that I I really admired. And the school I was working, I admired pretty much all of them. Actually, they <laughs> yeah. were just so good at striking that balance and just, you know, being, being you know, funny and likeable but you would not cross them. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was really awe-inspiring.
0: Yeah, so I always struggled with that and what what was interesting was I'd get a lot of feedback from students and staff at, I ended up teaching at two schools that were always telling me I was doing a really great job and mm. uh, I, I always felt within myself that I didn't like... You know, when you had to be the disciplinarian, I know I know it's important. I'm not trying to say that it's not an important thing, but mm. I always found it hard to find that balance between... Is this is what we've been talking about. I just found it particularly hard. It came naturally to some people, but... Yeah. You know, if I had had to be cross with a class in order to get them to do their maths work, I would really struggle with that.
1: Yeah, when, it, when you're not, not a naturally... You're uh, not... <laughs> Not naturally able to exude anger. Yeah, in that way. yeah. I.
0: And then you'd get advice from your colleagues who were extremely well-meaning. It was mm. never like I never ever received criticism from my colleagues mm. as a teacher. It was always like, you know, advice that was handed out in in the attempt to be helpful. Yeah. Um, I found that. Yeah, there was often saying you know, things like. You, you do need to have that harder edge mm. with the kids, else they'll kind of eat you alive in the class. Oh, yeah, and, yeah,
1: I remember hearing similar things. And,
0: and I just found that... I, I got it. I totally mm. got that that's what you needed to do. And
1: It's I, a hard thing to teach yourself to do if it's not a natural setting.
0: And I had, I had terms, like I had periods of weeks or terms at a time over my teaching career where I did strike that balance right. Mm. And then what I'd find... So it'd be going pretty well and I'd have a a well-behaved class and we'd be getting some good work done and all of that. But I always seemed to find that as soon as I sort of took my guard down a little bit, let out a bit more of my own personality, it always felt like the wheels fell off quite quickly. (laughs) The sharks smelled the blood. Yeah, even though people around me never, never Mm. expressed that they always encouraged me that I was doing a good job I just I, well, I never felt comfortable I mean
1: my my memory of um of year of year 12 and the interactions with you at the time is I, I remember you having a really good rapport with the kids and like mm. especially a lot of the guys in in my year I tend to remember we had quite a few people who were really into music and dance yeah, and some really excellent musicians in that year mm. too and um and I, I seem to remember like even at lunchtimes, a lot of them would you know you pick your brain about stuff or you guys would be chatting music and, and you just you you're really well use music's the universal language right yeah it, you, it sort of really helped with that report on connecting and
0: no it was it know. was important and um i I do still have some level of disappointment that that the teaching. Never worked out because uh, there was there was a lot about the job that I enjoyed, mm. but in the end, it just yeah, just for the reasons I've described, it just always felt like there was this slightly inauthentic edge mm. to it that I never quite felt comfortable with. I, I never even the whole time I was doing it, I never quite. I'd always kind of feel like I was compromising myself right. a little bit, okay. you know, in that that balance between um you know being myself but also being that person and and'm I'm not, I'm not saying that um you know I could have potentially found that balance if I would mm. stayed at it longer but in the end it it just got a little bit too stressful trying to you know because anyone who's been a teacher will know that if you're if you're in a situation where you've got a quite a misbehaving class or a few people in the class that are misbehaving I always used to sort of reflect on, I could have a class of 30 kids, and if if three or four of them were quite naughty, that would be totally enough to completely yeah, derail, derail the class. Yeah. Like one naughty kid could derail a the class.
1: Was, there was a scene from um, from Scrubs that I remember where um, the main character he's feeling particularly overwhelmed one day he's just standing in like the, the foyer or, or whatever it is of the hospital and he's just sort of rubbing his temples while everything's speeding around him yeah. and that's what it feels like when you have those three kids go off and it just upsets the whole class you're just like yeah. I just need things to stop for a moment yeah so.
0: and, you, and you never got that
1: moment <laughs> no, you never do but um yeah so so yes um so uh, Destined for Ascension mm. was coming that year at some point that year, we must have discussed it, and, and well, you clearly saying, we did because you're yeah. on it. Uh, yeah, it, it was, that wouldn't have happened if we no, didn't. I just operated into the studio, <laughs> yeah. and I was just there. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But so, and, and that was my first experience with recording anything, being in a studio. And, oh man, I was so excited. Mm. Um, I, and I've got again, I've got really fond memories of that, like um, hanging out with with you guys. Because um, I think it was a couple of times I went to the studio. I think um, you did, yeah. Especially that first day. Um, I remember we had Nando's for lunch. It was the first time I'd ever had Nando's. Yeah, uh, I don't
0: remember that. but it's, I have it's... a
1: weirdly specific memory. Well, I've,
0: I'm very specific with memory of certain things, so I can totally relate that yep. you would remember that. <laughs> we did used to go to Nando's every now and then, so yep. that's I... not surprising
1: at all that that's where we went. Uh, so it checks out then, that's good. Yep. <laughs> that's the important bit, as long as we write about the Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a memory of... Uh, I think I drove uh, Dan nuts at one point, because I'm, I'm a very fidgety person, and there would have been a point in um, the recording where you and Dan were just discussing something, would have been Bouncer's Level something, and I, I'd never been around a drum kit in my life, so I was just, like, tapping away at the cymbal, oh, really? just constantly, sure. just, just for something to do, and Dan eventually just reached over and just grabs the cymbal, <laughs> Did he? like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: funny, poor guy. Because it wouldn't have bothered me at all, but yeah, I, 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 I could picture Dan doing that, but he wouldn't have been actually annoyed as such. No, that, that is just that is something Dan would do.
1: <laughs> no, and and I, and I, I just felt bad because I'm because like, it's just me. I'm, I'm fidgety and I always always got to be doing something. Yeah, but so from memory, uh, Warriors of Light, I think would have been the first song I. Played on,
0: yeah, it was the the intro to Warriors. Yeah, that's of right. because yeah.
1: so, you were doing the um the verse over yeah, the top.
0: We we speak a, uh, yeah, we speak a wisdom of message. Uh, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature, and that was all based on, um, the Deliverance album. Weapons of our warfare starts with like a spoken word, right? So I, okay. I wanted to do something similar, yeah, and so that was entirely inspired by. Uh, the opening of that album so I came up with this idea and I remember I would have just written down on a piece of paper the mm. the chords from the section of the song and <laughs> you would have gone home and worked them out and of course we were we were tuning down a tone then so it was pretty deep yeah so whatever whatever actual notes we were playing I would have I would have told you
1: yeah you know, transpose that yeah, <laughs> or, something. To, or I
0: probably would have actually given them to you you probably did You know, so like if we're playing an E, it would have actually been a D on the keyboard. So I would have, I would have told you that. Yeah. But, um, and so that's just sort of playing. It's like,
1: (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) And what was so cool about that was I had, I had this sort of, um, I heard that in my head. Yeah, and then uh, I remember you saying
1: that at the time, actually, and you just did this little yes.
0: And yeah, worked out. And I was quite keen on. Um, I mean, we probably could have come up with that keyboard part on its own, but I was throughout the history of the band, I was quite keen on, um, you know, involving other people in the band, like having little guest cameos and and whatnot. So that was. I don't think there was any cameos on the first album. So that was mm. that was the first time that I did that. But that was just sort of me my inspiration behind that was really why not. Like let's get people involved. We'd talked about the band a lot and mm. I would have tried to think of a way, you know, you'd come to you'd come to gigs, you knew the band. It would have just you would have we would have talked about you playing keyboard. As yeah. in, you would have talked about in general during our music discussions that you played keyboard. So, it's the sort of thing that would have popped into my head. Like, yeah, I remember one time we we never actually did this, but I remember one time talking with the choir teacher, right? Um, and I, I had this idea, sort of like. The sort of brick in the wall style yes. to actually get the school choir to yeah. sing a section of a song a grave forsaken song one day that would have been cool it never happened but those were yeah. sort of conversations I used to have with people it's like oh yeah. well, you play keyboard I you think, could look, do this. I've got this intro on in my head you I, could play I, I, I think
1: it's a musician thing though like I, even recently I was um went away from my mates my uh, well, best mates 30th and uh there were just a bunch of us in, in, in a room. Uh, people I'd never met for, we were playing games, we were talking, we found out we are all musicians and you can just see everyone eyeing each other off and going, okay, what do you play? What do you play? Hmm, is there potential here? And yeah. You just, and, I, and I know I'm doing it. I'm like, all right, so you play bass, you play, you know, if I play guitar, if he does drums, we could just... It's <laughs> yeah. Just some, it's, It's I don't know if anyone else does it, but I'm I'm always, whenever I talk to another musician at some point, it occurs to me, hmm, could I play with you at some point?
0: Yeah. Well, I think what's happened with me, because, um, for the last 15 or 16 years, I've been so, like, primary focused on Grave Forsaken that Mm, I've never, um, branched out all that much. I did, um, I did play a couple of shows with Fearscape, who were based in, um, New South Wales in Wollongong, um, around the time of, um... Actually, that would have been not long after this. This that was that was actually two
1: thousand and seven. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah, we went over and um, we were playing at Black Stump. So yeah, two thousand and six was was when we did. We were going to Black Stump just after that Gosnell's gig. Yep. it was a year later in two thousand and seven that we were going to Black Stump again. Okay. So that would have been during the recording of um, Destined for Ascension that mm. we were doing that, and. Um, yeah, so actually, the guys from Fearscape gave me the music. Yeah, to the to their songs. That's um, cool. Yeah, and uh, I learnt all the the rhythm guitar parts. And when we flew over there, I played rhythm guitar with them Sweet. for a couple of gigs. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've, Just I'm a surprised nice we never talked about that. I don't think we have somehow. Yeah, how, that, how bizarre! The, it dude, was really that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was really good fun. So I I played with with Fearscape at. At Black Stump, 2007, mm-hmm. and then we we did a show in um, in Melbourne. Uh, a few days later, we we all drove down to Melbourne from um, from Sydney, which you wouldn't be able to do this no, at the moment <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> but uh, obviously, in 2007, there was no problems with kind of borders, didn't <laughs>
1: exist as far as we knew,
0: <laughs> or anything like that. Then, so uh, yeah, that that's yeah. a really good memory. Of there course, was a lot
1: happened in that short space of time. Hey? Yeah. That's
0: and i'm i'm wondering how like i look back on it it was before we had kids so mm. um yeah it's pretty funny to think that i was able to learn the fearscape set plus you know obviously the grave forsaken stuff plus you know be teaching yeah yeah
1: you, you a bit on your plate
0: <laughs> you know get over over to sydney Jeez. to do these yeah. to do these gigs
1: because it was, it was were the gigs in, like, school holidays or something like that? Because yeah. I know when we did the album recording, that would have been, like, the Christmas holidays or something. Yeah. And if yeah, I re- remember correctly, didn't Christy do backing vocals on she that did. album as well?
0: She did. Was she there the day that you were there?
1: Well, yeah. And and I'd met her before that, and I'm not sure when, but she... I definitely met Christy beforehand.
0: It probably would have been at one of the gigs. Yeah, it probably because would have we been, actually, yeah. we didn't have kids at that point. Yeah. So, um... She, would, she used to come to the gigs. Yeah. So it would have been at one of the that, gigs.
1: That makes sense.
0: And yeah, she, she did backing vocals on Blood on the Scales. That's on right, that, yeah. On that album. Yeah, so yeah. I don't recall the day... I can remember her recording those, but it's not in my memory that you were there, yeah. but it's highly possible that you... Could have been there,
1: well, it, or it could have been on the second time. The second time I was there was like a night time. Yeah, so it okay. was
0: one of the two. But we had we had so many sessions of that. Um, I've
1: also had a lot less time in a studio than you, so I've got a, like a smaller repertoire yeah. to pick from. <laughs>
0: you probably had very specific, sort yeah, grave forsaken times. I do. You definitely came out a few years later when we were. I'm pretty sure it was when recording "Reap What You Sow." Oh, that
1: might might have been the other time that I was in the studio with you. Yeah, uh,
0: I, did, I I seem to remember I, you actually, coming out.
1: Did I play anything on that? I, I remember hanging out with you.
0: Yeah, I think you, I think that a, one you came game vocals out. vocals or something. You might have done some gang vocals because what? That's another thing we used to do. We used to get people coming in and do gang vocals. Well, so
1: yeah, I remember that 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 first day there was you know probably about probably about three four of us, uh, probably Dan included actually. Like yeah, I don't know that I don't know that Tim was there, but we, the rest of you um, that we. I think we just it was like literally like four of us in a booth yeah. just standing around the microphone yelling, and it was it
0: was cool. Well, that's how we used to do them. So, yeah. um, pretty much, whoever was in the studio <laughs> was the gang. Yeah. So if and if you listen back to our albums where there's gang vocals, um, sometimes people have a really prominent voice, and I can I can hear their voice cutting through, and yeah. I know oh, that that's mine's, that mine's guy. the
1: high pitchy one. Yes, that's that guy. <laughs>
0: But oftentimes it all just blends in and i just got no way of remembering who was actually there yeah. for the gang vocal. Which
1: I, I guess is probably the desired effect of the gang vocal. Yeah,
0: but sometimes on some of them, uh, yeah, I definitely can hear certain voices coming <laughs> through. But it really did just depend on who was who was there. So yeah. sometimes we'd have like friends out there at the studio and it was more or less, if you're there, get in the booth
1: <laughs> and,
0: and you're, you're in the gang. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was good fun, um, and and that has continued to an extent. But um, probably on the more recent albums, the the recording sessions have been a bit more specific in mm. terms of we've only had the people who were there at the time yeah. um, recording. Whereas probably you know two thousand and six to two thousand and ten or two thousand and twelve, that kind of era. It would kind of be if we're going out to the studio on a Friday night. You know, I'd text a few people and say, Hey, we're going out to Dan's. And, you know, we used to, mm. um, you know, get some dinner and, you know, laugh we and chat. A night and of it. Yeah, it was always good fun um, well, well, doing those Friday night recording sessions.
1: I think you said before it's a, a time before probably like some of the commitments that a lot mm. of people have now. Like, as you're saying, you didn't have kids when yeah. we, were, we were doing that. And, it, and you know, it was just naturally there's it's, it's harder to find the, the space in there and yeah and organizing a, a gang is <laughs> yeah not necessarily as easy
0: yeah and so what what will happen now with some of the gang vocals is um, you know they do uh, it, it's still it's still whoever's there but sometimes mm. you might actually have to record them in a couple of different sessions yeah. so you might get three or four guys who are there one time and then and you pop. might get another layer. The next time, yeah, you know, to to go over that, so um, you still you still have that effect. But I, I definitely remember there was times, you know, where there were yeah, there might have been seven or eight people. It, sometimes it was, was so many people there because Dan would have a mate or it, two there, and if
1: you know, if a couple of us brought some friends along, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, you could you could have seven and or it, eight and it people. Look, it looks
1: bigger from the outside. Once you're in, there's like oh wow. Once you get all the padding and then the space you need for the mic. Well, it was funny because
0: the whole gang vocal thing, um, that sort of came about, you know, as the band, um, evolved. It it wasn't like the, there wasn't as much gangs on the very, very early stuff. It was, Mm. it was probably around the time of the third album that it really started to kick in where I, um, I think at the time I was listening to quite a bit of thrash and I was hearing these gang vocals and I was thinking, oh, it'd be cool to incorporate a little bit of that. So I'd I'd say to Dan, oh, you know, how, how would we, how would we go about recording these so that they have that kind of feel to them? And I think I just kind of got hooked on the idea Mm. of gang vocals and then, after that, I started hearing gang vocals in every chorus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where, where I have to actually, for all the gang vocals that we have on our albums, like there, there's there's just as many times where I re- resist <laughs> putting in another gang vocal section, but <laughs> because I think well we can't we can't have every every like you know, every minute or two. I mean, like a, a, you could. <laughs> <laughs> you could.
1: <laughs> There's nothing to stop you. No? Which I think is a scary thought. <laughs> yeah. a, whole,
0: a whole song of gang vocals. Well,
1: I mean, Judas Priest probably managed a few songs that were predominantly gang vocal, like, um, like United or Take on the World and stuff like that. Yeah, well, they
0: have, they certainly have that. Like um, football chants. Yeah, <laughs> certainly those two, as soon as you said it, those were the two songs that, came to mind but um, I do I do enjoy gang vocals so even yeah. when I'm listening to to music um, if, if a good gang vocal comes in I really love it yeah you know so yeah definitely do you ever find
1: yourself inserting and just, and just going you know There'd be, there's room here for a gang vocal
0: oh I do yeah yeah I'm listening <laughs> to other music uh, yeah and I think oh that they could have done that chorus as a gang yeah <laughs> I do find myself thinking that actually <laughs> Yes
1: yeah. it's, it's when you're just listening to something and you go, i would have done that slightly differently and added this vocal here and <laughs>
0: yeah no yeah. I, I i do i have done that definitely sure uh-huh. yeah, so that was um some good memories there and and as yeah. always with like uh podcasts as i've said um the idea is as much as anything just to see where the conversation takes us and yeah i I love listening to podcasts so i'm a um I, I'm a keen runner myself, and I'll, I'll often uh, listen to podcasts while I'm running. Mm. And and one of the things I love about podcasts is just when people are just talking, yeah, and just where the conversation goes. And so I'm not opposed to to that happening on this podcast, just just wherever the conversation goes.
1: Well, I mean, you can attest that there was no no plan to that; just kind of, kind of just. Fell out in conversation. Yeah,
0: absolutely, we sort of talked about, you know, I'll I'll mention the new album at the start, and yeah. then we'll we'll talk about, you know, destined for ascension, and we'll kind of see where the conversation goes from there. Yeah, and sort of no pressure or expectation to see what happens.
1: What were you what were you were saying about the, the the running before? Um, you have, uh, yeah, yeah, I especially when uh, we're sort of going through that more. Uh, isolation period where we're all mm-hmm. you know sitting at home and whatnot. I was finding at, at the end of the day I was really needing to break up the day and um, so I'd go for like a, a half an hour jog around the block oh, right. it was about the same time um, Devin Townsend started doing a podcast where he'd, okay. he'd deep dive into every album that he yep. recorded so you know it's a two hour podcast of him just going through his whole creative process and going to, like song by song and mm. oh it's you know Great for uh, you know, for when you're going out out on a walk or mm.
0: just, or driving you know, to work. Driving to work, yeah, but brilliant. Yeah, I, I think podcasts. Um, yeah, extremely cool, and they can be so specific to your interests. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's um, something for everyone. Like I, I'm as you know, Scott. I'm a big Fremantle Docker supporter, so I, I no, listen to yeah. four or five. <laughs> I listen to four or five different Frio podcasts. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's always you know it
1: never occurred to me. But of course AFL teams have a, a podcast. That yeah, I didn't even think about it. So
0: they've got um, that there is one that's official, but there's there's three or four more that uh, other people do. Yeah. So it's just just basically fans giving their own analysis of the game. But they right. the, Most of the guys who do it are quite um, you know reasonably knowledgeable about football, so mm. they have some you know, good opinions. Yeah. And um is yeah, it's As always to
1: the, the average punter opinion that Yeah.
0: Um it certainly, you know, makes for interesting listening. They they they'll say things that I disagree with, but mm. I would also say things that they would disagree with. Uh, yeah. So that's that's you I mean, know, it's pretty that's much part of life pretty much isn't it? A fair
1: game, right? Like no yeah. one's gonna agree on everything. Yeah,
0: so I just enjoy listening to those those breakdowns of, um, mm. of the games and previews of the games. And, uh, yeah, I listened to, um, uh, not so much recently, but um, some running podcasts mm. uh, and some Star Wars podcasts. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy listening to those. Um, not so much this year, but I listened to a lot of them in the lead-up to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But you're always like worried, like, don't give a spoiler, don't give a spoiler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're really, yeah, balancing on the knife's edge of that. Yeah, a bit of
0: you? a knife's edge. But yeah. what I'd do is as soon as I felt like they were heading into spoiler territory, even if it was like a little bit like that episode stopped. was stopped and deleted, <laughs> you know, so just so that be gone. <laughs> I could never accidentally press play. Yeah. Because you know how like if you don't, um, if you go on another one, it will then play from where you were. Yes, work. yeah. So you don't want to accidentally, you know, be listening to the next no, episode was... and then find yourself... Go back to the spoiler that the potential spoiler that but, you just paused. I, I'm
1: usually okay with having things spoiled for me, um, but uh, leading up to any uh, Marvel or Star Wars film, I try and avoid the internet like the plague yeah. because I don't trust people. <laughs> we
0: we'll always find it funny when um, they have a delayed telecast of a football match. Yeah, and people, I, I saw this thread once where it was a game day thread. And somebody was in there and they made a comment in the thread. It was a game day thread.
1: Hmm.
0: People were talking about the game, but it was being delayed. So people who had it on pay TV, like KO or Foxtel.
1: Hmm.
0: were watching it live or people at the game. Yep. So there's a certain percentage of the audience that is watching of course. the game live. Um, then somebody comes in halfway through the thread and says, Oh, we haven't seen the game yet. Thanks for spoiling it for me.
1: I would have thought the, uh, I mean, the logical choice to me seems to be probably don't go into the game day, thread, But
0: um, I'm just thinking... It was just, I mean, everybody could mention a thousand bizarre things they see on Facebook, but I would have thought that if you were trying to avoid the score, yeah, yeah, that was a real head-scratcher, that one. And this person seemed genuinely annoyed that people were talking about the result of the I, game. I,
1: I can't actually believe that there would be someone who would get annoyed <laughs> by that though. <laughs>
0: and it's like, if for some reason, if for some reason I was watching a freeo game on delay, now that just wouldn't happen now because mm. no matter where I was, if if I couldn't watch it, I would I'd be following at the very minimum following the scores on my phone, yeah, or I, thing on the radio. Yeah. There's just there's no way. Like, say I had no access to anything, mm. I'd still find a way of finding out. What was going on? I'd I'd call somebody who knew.
1: It's all so accessible. It it is. Right now. There's it's, just yeah. there's
0: no way that you couldn't. Yeah. If you didn't, if you wanted to find out what was happening, there's there's so many ways that you could. So, but in in say for example, I couldn't watch the game live, and I had to watch it on a delayed telecast. Like had no choice. Yeah. Yeah, the phone would be off. Yeah. Yeah. The door would be locked. Yeah, the router would be disconnected. Uh, uh, there's, there's no way I would. I, all the windows would be shut. Yeah, in case but, somebody drove down the street with like a Docker's flag outside yeah. of their
1: car. <laughs> or, They're just know, enthusiastic. Like, yeah,
0: I just like. There's just no way I would ever be able to. Uh, it would not be possible for me to. Yeah. To find. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine going on Facebook if you were trying to not hear the score. But anyway. Yes. Each to their own
1: <laughs> <Of> course. But <laughs> well, yeah, look, I I, I, I like what you're you're doing with the podcast here. As I said I I enjoy those, um sort of the deep dives into the music and um mm. I mean, you know, listening to the earlier episodes, the, the stuff that I didn't know and I've said I've known you for for years and I consider myself fairly uh mm. uh fairly familiar with the with the story of the band, but I yeah, I just I just like that stuff, uh, you know, the the behind the scenes of, of albums and uh what went into this particular song, what was the thought process at the time, what yeah. was this experience like, and it's it's such a learning experience for the people involved.
0: And I guess when you say, you know, there's things in there that you didn't know, I suppose, like, a lot of the stuff to end up talking about is not the sort of stuff, like, this conversation we're having tonight. Yeah. It's not, like... Would have had a thousand conversations like this with people over the years, but mm. you don't necessarily put it on a podcast. Well, no, and, exactly
1: right. And publish and,
0: it to the world.
1: Like, and you, you, you and I have had many late night conversations, and you know, there are two or three things that have come up tonight that you know we've probably been subconsciously aware of, but we've never actually touched on, and just gone, yeah. oh wow, yeah, that's part of the story.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I think that um, those sort of details that you are talking about, that um, I think there'd be thousands of those sort of details Mm -hmm. and that's why I think like the doing a podcast is quite fertile ground for um you know for just exploring those and uh it's just I suppose giving people like a little bit more of an insight into the the real life of the band because from the outside you know you see the albums you see you know, what's posted on Facebook and it's not just our band, for any band, there's, Mm. there's a, there's a massive backdrop to all of that and there's, you know, decisions being made and,
1: yeah, it's, you know, everything that goes on behind the curtain. That's
0: right, um, so, I
1: mean, um, like even, so, I mean, in terms of um, album involvement, I I was, you know, maybe the other one that I might have done gang vocals on, I honestly can't remember, but, I know I was on Destined for Ascension, but later on, um, our bands played a couple of gigs together and for a period of time there, I think you and I were like tag team booking for one of the venues and bringing, yeah. trying to bring in bands. And that was that was a uh, that was a good experience, actually. It was. But, yeah, and, and that was fun because we got to catch up regularly.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> were doing them... I, I can't remember the year, it like, but it, it was... It was like...
1: I probably about or 2013 I think or I was, 2014. I was, or, I was still with Lizzie Lambie at the time. Yeah. Which, um, do you reckon it would have been maybe? I, I think 13, 2013 or 2014, 14, sometime around, around about then? there. Yeah. Would have been towards the end of uni for me, slash, you know, beginning of the rest of life. Yeah. we're,
0: <laughs> we're putting those shows on, weren't we? And yeah. um, it was at the Swan Hotel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they yes. had, still do. They've got two, two rooms: Swan yep. Lounge and Swan Basement. And, yeah, over a period of... Probably would have been like about a six-month period... I reckon, ...where we were were putting on a show about once a month. Mm. Uh, My my recollection of that is um, I really, really... I did enjoy it, and I kind of... um, Part of me sort of thinks that would be a good thing to do again. Mm. Um, I can't actually remember
1: why we stopped. Um, I'm assuming life got busy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think that... um, I think that from my recollection it might have just been a case of and I'm I'm speculating here yeah. if we had just persisted we might have we might have broke like kept going I think I think by the last one we'd sort of had a sort of similar experience a few times in a row this is my recollection of it of uh like, each time at least, like, one band would cancel, or you'd...
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, I remember that. And we, or we'd, you'd... We were getting quite regular dropouts, and, um... You would have... And that, that wasn't so bad,
0: but I I remember one of the hardest things to, to juggle was um, bands would... Um, you know, they might need to play first because they had somewhere else oh, to go. Yeah, or like, they,
1: yeah they, they would, they would yes, we'll do it, and then halfway through, oh, it's conditional that we play in this spot. And yeah. Oh, we've already promised this spot to this band for this yeah, so Oh, we can't do it anymore. So
0: then you would sort yeah. of email that band and say, you know, I, oh, how would you guys feel if you played this slot because of this? And then one of their guys would have
1: a 21st to go to yeah. or... Um, Which, I mean, in terms of networking, a really good uh, learning experience and, yeah. and trying to, uh, you know, certainly well, in the job I do now, it's like uh, juggling demands of multiple stakeholders at once. So, you know, good prep for that. But, yeah, it was, it is frustrating when you're even up to the day of the gig. Mm. You're still running around trying to organise. And, and, you know, some of those I wasn't even playing. I was just... Yeah. Um, yeah. I I yeah, I do remember that bit being frustrating.
0: I mean, it it was it was just one part of it, but I do sort of recall that 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 got quite taxing quite quick and I don't think I think it's fair to say that I don't think we're ever in a situation in any of those gigs where anyone was being demanding.
1: It was no. more just that it was just clashes. It was just really. clashes. And, and, yeah, I don't think there was any, anything malicious about it. It was no. just things happened. Yeah. Of, it's, it's the way. And so things changed it, and then... And it, it just... We'd just be in the situation where we were the ones who had to manage those yeah. clashes. And, and so uh, what it
0: would normally mean is because your band was playing and my band was playing, yeah. we our bands would tend to Fill the gaps so that yeah. the, if there was changes, there
1: were certainly times where I think we both extended our sets, and so we'd end up with three bands playing rather than four. Yeah, yeah, I think that
0: happened a couple of times yeah. where because a band that was going to play couldn't play a certain slot anymore and needed another one, and would and the band who'd already promised that slot to, um, they they also couldn't change. Again, not maliciously, yeah, but they, yeah. they had other plans, and or for whatever yeah. reason, and so then that that's the, when you mentioned it. That's the first thing that came to yeah, my mind. That, like that, thanks for reminding of, me because I couldn't remember like why what did we was. stop. And I think I don't think we ever said let's not do this anymore.
1: No, no, it was never. I don't remember it ever being a, an act of like you know We've the sand enough, line. We've had enough. We're done. No, because I, I remember that. You know, for all the stress that entailed, I remember that being a lot of fun. It getting was. Getting to hang out with you guys. And, and that was actually how I became uh, good friends with um, with Luke and Josh. Oh, yeah. Um, Josh and I got on to talking about Toto, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah well,
0: because he... Because Luke was drumming with us at the time. Yeah, that's even right. You know, he's like this amazing guitarist. We had him <laughs> had him drumming with us, and, and Josh's brother would, would come along and, um, you know, come along to some of those... Those Swan yeah. Hotel shows. Yeah. yeah. That... I mean, I didn't even know Josh that well at the time. Mm. Like, that was sort I of was, some of the first times I met Josh.
1: So, I, I knew I knew Luke peripherally because he was in... I think he was a couple of years below me in school. Yeah. So, so. I just knew he was that kid who was really awesome at guitar. Yeah. Because um, there was a kid in our year who we got compared to and... Um, there was, you know, the, the debates as to which one was better, which was I'll better keep, that <laughs> keep that off air. Keep that off air. They know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and, uh, like, yeah, Josh and I got talking, and, and, you know, Luke and I knew each other a little bit, and I ended up, um, yeah, jamming a, a whole lot with them, yeah. Yeah, I remember that you, really? were, you were going out to their place and, Be- and jamming. Best cover band that ever played a gig. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, really, really great people and still still good friends to day.
0: Yeah, well, because Luke was sort of a, a similar kind of situation to you in terms of, like, I got to know him while I was teaching at the school and he was into Megadeth. We, we sort of mm. really got to know each other through mutual appreciation of Megadeth, actually. And, um, we, yeah, we'd talk at lunch and stuff about that and he was aware that, that I was in this band and he, he had an interest in heavy metal. And what had actually happened was... I knew that he was a very talented multi-talented musician and um, mm. I'd actually seen him drum at school one day there was a there was a drum kit in the music room right yeah I I'd, remember I'd happened to be in there I think it was lunchtime I think people were having a jam at lunchtime or mm. something and I'd I'd seen him drum and so uh, I'd sort of said to him oh you know if if we're ever looking for a drummer maybe I, I should get in touch and then he had he had graduated from school and, um, we were in need of a drummer. So I remember actually randomly messaging him on Facebook. Yeah. You know, how hey, you can message somebody before they're your friend. I was like, yeah. oh, I might sound a bit weird, but this is, you know, this is born. You know, yeah. Um, you know how we talked about if ever <laughs> need a that drummer. one time? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he, he really loved the idea. So he came along and, um, he spent a number of years drumming yeah. for Grave Forsaken, and we we did quite a few gigs with Luke drumming, and then he um, he ended up switching to guitar.
1: That's uh, the thing you, you watch the guy drum, and you forget guitar's his main instrument. You go,
0: yeah, how is that possible? Well, he <laughs> thinks he's not a very good drummer, but he's a really good drummer. Yeah, but you know, <laughs>
1: but that, that that that's Luke though. He's yeah. a very very humble bloke. He and, is. Um, and look, you know, uh, I, I would be happy. He, if I could he just, might listen to this. Yeah, he might. So choose your He's, next words very carefully. Spoken <laughs> Stoke, Stoke, there appropriately. Love you, go for, really? yeah. Luke. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I wish I could just um, keep the simple rhythm on the drums, which I can't. And the stuff he can do, jeez. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, he was he was very very good as a drummer, but yeah, he'll deny it.
1: Yeah. But.
0: um... Yeah, he he's obviously in recent times in the band played guitar. He's he um, has recorded guitar on the last three albums, mm. so including this new one that we've got. So yeah, his his involvement with the band continues to this day. So end up being a good worthwhile message that I sent to him. About, yeah, I you know, think coming so. Coming along and having a jam. It's it's, uh, it's been... had a bit of staying power. Well, the thing was he had actually I think it, he had done a um. He had done some stuff in the same way as you had as well. So um, he actually had been uh, involved in the band even before that. So we were, we were already friends by then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that um, that was a fairly sort of natural thing the way it actually evolved. Him coming in, he did know the band. He had he'd spent time around the band, been to a couple of shows, and that kind of thing. So he definitely
1: mm. he
0: definitely knew all the guys. Well, um, I'm just thinking we, we're getting to an hour and ten.
1: Oh, wow! Uh, so yeah. that's fine. There's, there's no
0: time limit on these things, but yeah. I think um, probably will start to wrap it up. It's um, it's 11:30 at night. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: we anticipated this. Yeah, we did. It, <laughs> it was inevitable.
0: But um, are, are you happy to wrap up there? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm just you're, thinking you're, like with your the, podcast, man. <laughs> I'm just thinking with the time and. Um, you know, given that we're up seventy minutes now, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, give us feedback. Do you like the shorter episodes or the longer episodes? Um, you know, drop me an email or message me on Facebook. Let me know. But um, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this. Um, I've really enjoyed it, Scott. And of course, the conversation went in completely random directions. Yeah, that's, which is, that happens. <laughs> which is what you want. And sounds like a regular conversation between us. Pretty much is. I mean, <laughs> we're aware because we're watching the like we're watching the the it record we, yeah. we can see the screen so you are aware of the recording but it's basically just a basically it's recording a chat
1: yeah pretty much
0: um and it's been really really good
1: yeah no thanks thanks for uh having me along um yeah it's been it's been real fun and yeah, yeah. Good, good catch up
0: yeah definitely and if you, you may not want to after 70 minutes of this now but if you ever want to do more we can we can do more because i'd be happy to <laughs> i'm always um There's there's no real limit to what you can talk about. Oh right, yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I do. I mean, it's it's, your podcast. You can, yeah, yeah. It's it's
0: not like (laughs) you are the master of this universe. (laughs) It's quite liberating to realise that um, there isn't actually a set of rules. Yeah, yeah, it would be.
1: You you listen to which goes back to the the whole thing of making music to make yourself happy. Yeah, The, the only rules are those you set for yourself.
0: Yeah, in terms of you know, what you actually, um, put out. Like, yeah. you know, you can listen to the other podcasts and they'll have, like, episodes and they'll have sections and, and segments and all of that kind of yeah. thing. And that's fine. And that's
1: stuff that tends to, like, naturally develop yeah. as well. Like, it's stuff they just tried out one time and went, hey, that that was good, let's make yeah. it a segment.
0: And... I'm, I'm sure it probably is all pretty organic. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, no, I think, I think we will wrap it up, but it yeah. has been really, really cool. So, um... Thanks again. And hopefully we'll have you on the podcast another time. Sounds good. And as I always like to sign off with, God bless and rock on. Catch you next time.